Score here at the Excel Center at the end of two periods is the University of Connecticut 1, Merrimack nothing. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. This second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies at Merrimack. You can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Joining us here in the second intermission, Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, high above rinkside here at the Excel Center. And Mike, so two periods down here tonight. Merrimack yet to get in double digits in shots on goal tonight, one night after having 41 on the Huskies. You know, just when you figure against BU, maybe they've been able to put things together and figure things out offensively, power plays and so on. You know, the power play hasn't looked good tonight. They did have the one goal yesterday, but still uh, back to, I guess, goals being hard to come by, power play and not looking good. What's, what's going on here tonight? Uh, I think U- UConn's done a really good job not letting them enter the zone uh, with any type of possession. And, and then also, I think, especially in the second period, UConn did a really good job of just holding possession. So when Merrimack did get the puck, they'd get to the neutral zone and have to dump it down ice just to get a line change. I mean, there really hasn't been any opportunity for them to possess the puck in the zone for long stretches. Even on draws, they, they won a couple of off- offensive zone draws there in the second period, but uh, there were a few in the first, and especially early in the second, where you know those pucks, they're, they're losing those draws, and then the puck's going up the other way pretty quickly. Best chance, maybe Tyler Irvine's there right in front. Uh, you know, opportunity there. Looked like it may have gone off the post, and then Adam Huska covered up. Uh, but other than that, there really hasn't been much in the way of good scoring chances. Yeah, no, I, it's hard to think of one, really. Uh, you know, even even in the power play, I, I thought they've had probably the best one of the night was in the, early in the first period. Alex Carl took a shot from the point uh, that Crystal Blank got a, got a backhand tip on that Huska got a pat on. That was a nice stop, but, but other than that, I don't think he's really been tested. Why do you think it is when these two teams get together, the games have been so close? Three straight ties, five of the six have gone to overtime over the last three years. Uh, you know, it's funny, I asked Mike Cavanaugh about that last night. He said one of the things that he thought was uh, both these teams over the last few years have had really good goaltending, at least when they've played each other. Uh, you know, we know Rob Nichols has been a, a killer for this Merrimack program over the years, and uh, even going back to four or five years ago, whether it was Sam Murata or Rasmus Tiernan, I mean, they've always had two pretty good goalies going up against one another and, and he's always thought that he said last night he thought that that was a big reason why and also uh, just that it's, it's pretty evenly matched teams I mean I know I think we talked about this coming into the game or coming into the weekend I thought Merrimack was a deeper team but I thought UConn had better high-end talent so I, it almost to me seems like it they the styles complement each other a little bit uh, and, and it's created an atmosphere over the years of, of some pretty close games talking with Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com uh, some news this week. First of all, uh, Michael Kesselring, Kesselring commits, son of Casey Kesselring, uh, Merrimack class of 1998, uh, was one of those players on that team that was uh, in the top ten in the country in scoring, still one of the all-time leading scorers in the history of the program. A forward, his son Michael, though, is a defenseman, uh, a big defenseman. Uh, tell us a little about him and, and how you think uh, that came about. I know he was being looked at by a number of schools. Remember seeing him up in the North Country when Merrimack was up at uh, St. Lawrence at Clarkson. He was on a recruiting trip up there. I know he visited visited some other schools as well, ended up at Merrimack. That, it seems like a pretty good get. Yeah, he visited like nine or ten schools, and I know he visited a lot of ECAC schools. Uh, I think Providence was involved, Maine, you know, Northeastern, schools like that were looking at him as well. So uh, I know one of the things that, that's been said, and I think Casey even mentioned this when we talked to him up in, at Clarkson, he was staying out of it. 
you know, he, he was kind of staying out of it. He was going to let, let his son make up his own mind. And uh, at the end of the day, he chose to go to the same place as his dad, which is pretty cool. He's also playing for his dad, too, in case of the head coach at New Hampton, uh, New Hampton Prep. And it, right. so, it sounds like he's going to – he's a junior. I mean, that's, he's a 2000, so he's young. Uh, so I think it sounds like he's going to play the next two years this year and then finish up next year in New Hampton and graduate. Uh, and then the plan, uh, at least from talking to him this week, was going to be a, play, a year junior somewhere. You know, he said hopefully he gets drafted in the USHL and he can spend a year out there before coming into Merrimack probably 2019. Other news this week, uh, they extended the contracts of several other coaches at the school, including Mark Dennehy's. Uh, how many years? What, what does that take him through now? Uh, you know, I don't know. They said multi-year. I, I think it's for, I think it's between three and five, so three, four, five years, something like that. But uh, yeah, no, they announced it as a multi-year extension for for both uh, Mark Dennehy, Dan Carn, the football coach, and Mike Morgan, the lacrosse coach. So I know I, I, I said earlier this week I wrote something. But I think it's good moves all the way around. Um, you know, I think it when specifically from a hockey standpoint, you need to realize who you are, and uh, you can't try to match skill for skill with BC and BU, or else you're going to end up looking like what UMass has over the last couple of years, and uh, you're going to get blown out of some games. So I think that, you know, and I think, honestly, a couple years ago when this team only had eight wins, I think in 2013, they got away from knowing who they were. And, and you know, Coach Denny has even talked about that. So I think they know who they are now, and they're trying to get back to a team that was similar to where they were from 20, uh, 2009, let's say, to 2012. I would have to look this up. This is his 12th year. But I think he's got to be getting close to potentially the uh, uh, being the longest tenured coach in the history of the program because uh, well, Ron Anderson I think was eighty three to ninety eight that's fifteen years. I uh, don't recall exactly how many years it was for Tom Lawler. I'm thinking it was around ten maybe. Yeah. Uh, so you know if th- this extension, if he, uh, you know if it is as you said three to five years, that could end up uh, you know by the end of that contract, he may be the the coach who has coached at the school the longest. And arguably one of the more successful. I mean, at least in the Division One era. I know I looked at this the other day. Um, actually, I saw the story we put up on College Hockey News. It wasn't even me. It was a commenter that, that mentioned this in the comments, which I thought was, I didn't even think to look this up. Um, Division One head coaches, Chris Serino, Ron, I think Chris Serino was in the 300s for a winning percentage. Uh, Ron Anderson was in the 400s for a winning percentage. Mark Dennehy in the 400s. No, actually, Ron Anderson was in the high threes. Mark Dennehy in the 400s overall for a winning percentage, but if you take out those first two years where they really struggled, and, and I mean, they weren't scoring any goals, and they really knocked this thing down to the foundation. Right, they won three games, I think, one of the years. Exactly, yeah, the second year. So if you take out those first two years where they were really doing a lot of rebuilding, he's been a 500 coach, more, better than a 500 coach for... 10 out of the or the 10 out of these 12 seasons if you include up to this point in this year I think it's 507 is what it said so uh, obviously I'd have, to, I'd have to confirm that I didn't go back and look at it myself but it seems to line up I mean because they had some years there where they were over 500 by a lot um, and then some years where they were flirting right around there but you know considering the other two coaches in the division one era are both in the threes uh, even with two seasons where they went 950 and nine total at the start he still has the best division one winning percentage of any coach they've ever had talking with Mike man from the MacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News as well. And uh, Well, Mike, with uh, one period to go here, the Warriors are in danger of only getting one out of three or one out of four points on the weekend, which not only would hurt their chances to to uh, you know try to catch UConn, for example, but 
But you know, UConn's one of those teams that they had to be looking at as a potential to, to try to beat out for home ice, and it's going to be that much tougher, I would say. You know, how do you assess the the chances here of, of getting home ice in the remaining six games remaining in the season? Only two of them are going to be at home, and uh, it seems like they're going to have to win some games on the road here in order to be able to move up. Yeah, I mean, you look at just the teams around them; they're going to be fighting with for those home ice spots. Uh, you know, I think Providence is going to rise up here in the end of the year. They're playing really well. I, I don't think you know. I think they're going to be solidly in one of those spots. So I think you're looking at Merrimack, UConn, Northeastern, and you know you're you've already lost a tiebreaker to Northeastern, and you lost four points to them. Uh, you're on the verge here of, of losing two points to UConn, and more importantly, I think losing that tiebreaker as well. Uh, it, it could be an uphill battle. You lose this game, I think it's an uphill battle because uh, not only are you not only is there a big gap with not that many games left, but uh, you the two teams theoretically that you're going to be competing with probably the most for those last home ice spots. You don't have the tiebreaker with either one of them, which means you got to pass them. It's almost like having a game an extra point in standings. Yeah, this is a huge third period coming up. I think it's got to be their best period of the weekend. No question about it. They're going to have to do it on the road as well. Mike, what do you have coming up this week? Uh, Coaches show Tuesday? Coaches show Tuesday, uh, and then semi-regular week, but only one game next weekend. So, And, and bean, i, I got to go to the bean pot on Monday, I think. <laughs> All right, Mike, thanks a lot. Uh, we'll tell the folks to check out your work, as always, at themacreport.com and College Hockey News in the Eagle Tribune as well. Thanks, as always, Mike. Enjoy the bean pot. Quickly, uh, Super Bowl pick for tomorrow. Uh, Patriots in a close game. Close game, because I'm worried. I, I, I'm not worried about it, which means I, I should be worried about it. <laughs> I said that last night. All right, Mike, thanks a lot as always. We appreciate it. Safe ride home from Hartford. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, that's Mike McMahon. Again, he's from themacreport.com. You will certainly want to check out his work. If you haven't already, then you must have just arrived on this planet from Mars. At any rate, our score here is zero, or sorry, one to nothing. UConn leads Merrimack one to nothing at the end of the second period. We're back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.